0: The following podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult who happens to like themes directly targeting your sexy demographic, then get ready to join us as we ship it good.
1: Due to the themes discussed on this podcast, it may contain potentially triggering content, Please visit our episode description to review the warnings applicable to this episode.
0: If I could turn back time, if Pansy found a way, I'd have casual sex with my nemesis and then stay. (laughs) How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? How can I bend over for the man who killed my parents, baby? How can we make love if I can't acclomence? A tango with a butt plug makes a party in my pants. Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Megs. And this is Care of Magical Shippers. Welcome back to another exciting episode. Oh, Oh. we are so ready. (laughs) I'm so... (laughs) I can't wait to start talking about this fic with you. It is something else entirely. Like, we have both been on the edges of our respective seats being like, I can't wait to talk about this.
2: Oh, gosh. It is so good. This is my Tamari dream come true. Because, you know, I love time travel. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, Harry going back and trying to redo everything and make Tom not evil. And we get to see him soften and actually fall in love, yes. which is just epic that I yes. wasn't anticipating. And then, okay, icing on the kink. Uh, icing on the kink!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think she got it right first time. Listening. Yeah, no, that's all.
2: Icing on the kink. Okay. Icing on the cake <laughs> is pansy. And yes. Minerva.
0: Yes.
2: Oh man.
0: What a pairing! And if you had, <laughs> if you had said to me beforehand that you will come away shipping that pairing so yes. hard, I would have laughed in your face. But now, <laughs> but now I'm like, this is my head yes. I need more of it, please. And I never, I, I don't feel like I ever gave Pansy enough credit. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just... There is so much about this fic that excites me. And, you know, Megs, you'll know, normally I'm not a time travel fan. Yeah, cause I, yeah. Because I feel like with so much of time travel, it's it's more or less just an excuse to get events to play out as they are supposed to happen within the context Duh. of the story. <laughs> which, which, I, I mean... It kind of <laughs> happens that way with this fic, but I yeah. will. F- I, I forgive it because what happens in the story is so golden. It's mm-hmm. just so good. And I think it's, I, I mean, I know you'd said it was in your top five fix of all time so far yes. you know i'm sure that list will change over time but for oh, now for sure. I, I i have to agree like it is it is so good now there, like i do have to give like one tiny disclaimer that because oh, yes. of, because of the time that they that harry goes back to and the age that they all are that they're, they're technically underage
2: Harry is 16 and Tom is 15 up until his birthday and New Year's, which he turns 16. So that's yeah. kind of their their age range at the moment. So even though that there are, like you said, like underage themes, we're not going to dive into those. <laughs> so what <laughs> we're just going to, we just want you to know that it's there and it is in the fic, but the fic itself is so freaking good that it's just we can just kind of like you know let's just move around that but it's just oh gosh it's so good
0: i feel like it's a thing that happens in fic a lot where because you get a concept that's so good you have to maneuver the characters into a position where like you know everything will make sense so i feel like the characters had to be this age for the things to make sense in the story right uh, as they happen but but they all behave like such adults anyway that mm-hmm. i just what happened as i was reading was i just mentally aged them all up and yeah, it works
2: exactly so you're like oh it's fine yeah they're at 18 yeah. it's good it's fine yeah so from the get-go one to have Pansy kind of start everything off as come like hey harry let's talk because uh, yes. what is it? The first, the first scene is Professor Binns talking about.
0: Binns is talking about the this potential Dark Lord, and they were saved from that fate by falling in love with the right person at the right time, and the love redeemed them.
2: Yes. So then, Pansy gets it in her head to be like, "Yo, Harry." <laughs> I think I'm going to go back in time and get Tom Riddle to fall in love with me so that of he course. doesn't become bad. And yes, I, love, Pansy. I love that Harry's just like, Pansy like sends him a note or like looks at him as like, hey, I want to <laughs> talk to you. And Harry's like, okay, yeah, I'll go meet Pansy in the greenhouse. No big yeah. deal. Like
0: <laughs> that, that doesn't seem sus at
2: all. No, no. It's, we obviously are on good terms. And Pansy comes out as saying hey, my, I don't agree with essentially most of the Slytherins, my family, I don't fit into this, I don't wanna be this way. And so she's willing to kind of risk it all to change things for the better. And she wants Harry along for the ride because she thinks that he knows the most about Voldemort and Tom, and she asks him to make yeah. a list of everything he knows about him. And ultimately it's like, ah, uh, he's hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes this is... and all the rest of it is just so you know he's tall and brooding and and mm-hmm. doesn't really like and it's the list is so unhelpful like he yes. goes away and tries to make this list and nothing on it like is helpful in any way <laughs> which is so on brand for harry oh that for I was, sure I was, I was i was on board with this harry from the get-go because oh it was like, so
2: good yes so harry good.
0: you really are this useless
2: And I did think it was really interesting that Pansy comes out saying that she also is bookish like Hermione and wanted to take a bunch of courses but because she was in Slytherin like Dumbledore either had that prejudice and didn't authorize a time turner for her which of course one you could see like you could see it you're like oh
0: yeah they could be
2: like hey pansy figure it out like obviously and so she figures out something that still boggles our mind I mean it boggles my mind I don't know if you're still on that train yeah yeah But apparently crystal ball divination is able to help you time travel and she was able to figure it out to which I mean, I think it was in tangent with some dark magic. So that's where she's like, yeah, you don't see it very often because you need to use a little bit of that and was able to get around those classes. So then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I was able to move an hour at a time. Let's go back 50 years. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's do yeah. This. yeah. Or more than that. Or I don't know. Yeah, more than that because it would have been 50 years at 12. So 50 50- I don't know, five years or whatnot,
0: but... Nobody, nobody needs the math. It's fine. We'll go no. back some <laughs> amount math? of years. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know. Neither of us can think. I mean, some very clever listeners probably like, it's this exact amount of years. I know. Please. And we're just
2: yeah. yeah. Shoot us a tweet. Tell us that we're wrong. Tell us exactly why we're wrong. And that is totally fine.
0: <laughs> we yeah. just... And, and, you know, maybe include a link for some basic, like, math skills.
2: <laughs> Send us a document with like, <laughs> with, like, well, if Harry was 12 at this point and then he was made into a Diary Horcrux at 16 and they go back before he makes the Diary Horcrux. Yeah, I'm not going to think about it too much. I mean, <laughs> if you want to take the time to do that, more than welcome. But, yeah. Uh, that was just so that was another thing that was just we're not quite sure how that works but ultimately (laughs) they figure out that's how it works and they make this plan to go back and harry she promises harry that when they go and do all these things she'll be able to bring them back to essentially the same point that they started so he's going into it thinking okay no one's gonna really know that we did this thing Until we come back and hopefully things are kind of different. But so they have like their pocket crystal ball to take with them so that they're able to come back. And they make the decision, which I think is super great, even though I realize the timeline is a little wonky because they go back in to 1942 essentially before myrtle is made into a horcrux however if it's 1942 during the school year it would have already happened it was like june of 1942 so it was like the previous year um yeah or something like that and even though their like ages made sense so i don't i don't know the, 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 the it's up for debate i don't know anyway they went back before myrtle dies because harry wanted to make sure that that didn't happen because of course opening up the chamber of secrets would be an another like really evil thing that he did and all of that and So that was a really great thing to see Myrtle as a character, which I thought was absolutely fantastic because from the get go, she's just like, because we know her as like this kind of like horny little ghost, like watching (laughs) prefects in the bathroom and stuff like that. And she has a crush on Harry, and then there's Cedric and whatever. So, of course, she sees Harry as this new kid and is just like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And then Tom does something and she's like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And she's just like, (laughs) secret. you know not necessarily secret cuz it's obvious that she's like you know big eyed mooning over these guys but i love seeing myrtle in the story for sure
0: oh and now i'm just imagining like so you know Casper the friendly ghost mm-hmm. uh, i'm just imagining uh, like a myrtle spin-off where it's like Myrtle the horny ghost <laughs> just I need oh, I need that in my life.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That would be, oh, gosh, that'd be so good. <gasps> okay, 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 okay. So I know we're, like, still at the beginning, but I'm just, like, I really love this. So I think it's hilarious that they go yes. back in time, and they're just, like, yeah, fine. Let's go three weeks into term. And they just roll up into Dippet's office, and they're, yes. like, hey, we're cousins, and we were, like, in America or some, some random place, and we're here to start school. And they just play it off as, like, great. Awesome Parkinson and Potter. We don't know your family history or anything. Yeah. But yes. And then and Minerva, of course, is head girl at this point. So she's a seventh year. And but she's still like um described as like kind of like a, a stuffy, but of course she's young. She's seventeen and with her tight, you know, tight bun or whatever, and she's just overly helpful and takes them under her wing. <laughs> And they take them down to the Great Hall because they're like, oh, we got to sort you. Instead of taking the sorting hat off of the stand in Dibbit's office, yes. they got to do this on the dais in the Great Hall while everyone's eating three weeks into term and just like rolling up with these two rando kids, just going <laughs> to pull out the stool, sit on there, whatever. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's not weird or completely putting all of the attention on them. And then ultimately the fact that one, Harry becomes Slytherin because one, he's he's he finds Tom. And of course, he's just completely just like can't can't think about anything else. So while the like narrative goes that we remember from the beginning where the sword and hat is probably like, oh, you know, you could do well in Slytherin instead of Harry being like, no, no, I don't want Slytherin. I want to be Gryffindor. He's like, are you sure? Well, they don't have that conversation. So ultimately it's like, Yeah, Slytherin! He's like, oh, fuck. And then and then Pansy gets sorted into Gryffindor, which I think is perfection. Yes. Because she's like, What the heck? And Harry says, Well, I mean, it was relatively brave for you to come back in time to try and save the wizarding world. So and then that gives the um the start of the pansy slash mini ship, which I am so about. I just think... And, and I don't know if I'm disappointed. I'm kind of, but not how quickly Pansy accepts that she and Tom are not going to happen. You know, I was expecting yeah. a little bit of conflict or it would take a while for them to figure it out. But from the get go, she's like, one, this mini is, is hot stuff and I'm yeah. into her and this is happening already. And two... You're the one close to him, and I'm starting to notice he doesn't see me or anyone else, and he sees you, like, and they're just like, from the get-go, she's like, ah, you better figure it out, but I'm pretty sure he's gay, I'm pretty sure you're gay, and we're gonna surprise you with this quote-unquote study session, JK, we're- (laughs) Like, we're gonna give you a pet snake so that you guys could talk parcel tongue together and figure out and like find your bonding moment. And then the girls get horny off of it. They're like, Oh shit, the hissing <laughs>
0: <laughs> And they were like and they have this moment where they're like <laughs> I don't think they re- they'd be doing it in public if they realized how sexual this was. I was yes, exactly. like, what sort of dirty talk involves the level uh, the level of sibilance necessary for you I to know. throw so many s sounds in there for it to be like, I'm finding you very sexual right now. <laughs> 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 don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> stop. <start. laughs>
2: Oh gosh, it's so but that was so cute. It was just like, "Oh, hey, Harry, here's a pet snake." And Tom's like, "Oh, I've always wanted to see that snake." And, "Can I can I be his master too?" And now they have a pet snake together. And already I'm like, "Okay, so we're already going domestic on this." They have their yeah. shared pet snake and But oh my gosh, I love Harry's, obviously, we get that taste of oblivious Harry, where Pansy's like, I gotta let you figure this out, because it wouldn't be as much fun if I told you, like, what what is obvious to us? And (laughs) Harry's kind of internal dilemma of obviously seeing him, he's the one who, in the future, does all these terrible things. But also, this is Tom, before all those things happen, the whole, like, if he hasn't, killed Myrtle he still has his full soul so he is 100% still full humanity going on and Harry slowly starts to get to know him and starts softening and eventually they like even they have like these inside jokes and just start like teasing and playing off of each other and harry's getting super comfortable and you're just like oh my gosh harry like this is so cute (sighs) i just melted with them like as this was going once harry realized oh shoot i must i must like dudes and i must like him because i still am like whoa this guy is super hot yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, he went from like obsessional hatred to obsessional love. Like, oh yes, mm-hmm. the the mental watching the mental flip was so interesting because Harry was literally the only person that didn't know that this was going on, and yes, everyone like we, I think we talked about that last week that you know everyone else has a better read on Harry than Harry does.
2: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: And watching that play out in this mm-hmm. was so much fun because yeah. it it cause it could have gone. The author could have chosen to do you know really slapstick things. They could have chosen to have Harry you know literally sort of prat falling over Tom, and yeah. it and it wouldn't have been as good. But the but the little subtle. Uh, way that that like you say they brought the snake in and then tom leans in and whispers in his ear and he like vows to uh make harry see how worth it he is and yes it's it's so good the amount of the amount of ust that this writer is able to inject into this scene is incredible
2: and of course this is like i think like about 70k so it's a relatively long fit yeah and from the get-go we start getting the things start to shift relatively early on but it doesn't feel rushed like it feels genuine but we definitely know something is going to happen from day one of harry being in this time period staying in the slytherin dorms when he witnesses tom's nightmares and he, for sure, it's that immediate that he's like, I have nightmares and I know what that's like. And I'm seeing him in a vulnerable state. He would never show anyone. And so already Harry's kind of like got that chink in his like protective armor of realizing, okay, he's human with fears and pains that he's not showing. And oh, gosh. I love. Okay, yeah, like you said, UST. So Tom being like possessive and jealous, and like yeah. just like t- has to be like glued to Harry. <gasps> the moment with the unicorn.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, gosh. oh, the scene. That whole scene is so good oh. because it it like it takes Canon Harry and dials him up so that. His like his natural impulsivity. It just goes, No, do you know what? What in this moment when when Tom just wants to like stand back and observe, he's like, yes. No, I'm throwing you right into the action yeah. because this this is something that you need to feel. Like literally feel. He's mm-hmm. feeling the unicorn and then Through that, oh, this is so cheesy, but he's feeling himself as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: And it's just, and of course, that's when everyone's like, oh, they're boyfriends. And everyone just like, it's like, it's just like the talk of whatever. (gasps) What is it? Okay. Is it, is it Avery?
0: Yes. the the Avery.
2: The the eventual death, you know, the Death Eater, yeah, Avery, yeah. which I i thought was interesting from the beginning when he'd kind of pop in and be like, yo, Tom, like, what happened to our plans? Like, what happened to our plans of, you know, muggles and mudbloods and all these things? And Tom starts to being like, hey, no, dude, that's not okay. And, and don't say that stuff about Harry. And he just wants to, ch- he's just like, I can be that for you. Like, I can be your, you know, your guy. And he's like, you can't be Harry. Like, no, you'll never be Harry. And it's just interesting to see him as, like, the jealous, I guess, kind of villain. Like, you know that, obviously, Tom has people that are following him at that point. Even though he isn't seen with anyone, it sounds like Minerva is his only friend, which I think is wholesome as heck. The fact that they bonded from the very beginning... And jumping toward the end when they discover, when Harry and Pansy finally tell them that they're from the future and what happens, how yes. hurt Minerva is, and she just can't believe it. She's like, Tom would never become that because she's known him nearly the entire time. And even from the get-go, when Harry wants to speak to Pansy and Tom is essentially with him because he needs to take him to their common room, I'm like, wow, he's not rude to her for being Gryffindor? Or is he just saying this because of a manipulation thing like oh i'm gonna be nice to the head girl because that's what i should be you find out that they have this genuine relationship which already you're like wow, I'm already seeing his ability to have that with someone on like a friend level. And it's just, that was pivotal. I mean, I think from the beginning was just, hey, here's a genuine friend who they know and trust. They know Minerva in the future. So it's not like they're going to look at her and be like, hey, you're crazy. Like she's smart. She knows what she's talking about, thinking, feeling. And for her to see good, in him I think was easier for Harry and Pansy to see it too.
0: Yeah absolutely and I'm so glad that the author didn't give in to the temptation to make all of the redemptive arc happen through Harry because it was yeah. be so easy to lump it all on him but I think the characterization of McGonagall was so good because you mm-hmm. get that because you, you sort of retain some of the elements of older McGonagall. She's still sassy, she's still yep. quick, she's still <laughs> (laughs) Really intelligent, but she has this zesty, like quirky, almost like lust for life that is so infectious, and I sort of feel like gives she's she gives me in certain areas a real Ginny energy where Mm -hmm. she's just so rambunctious and vivacious and Mm -hmm. so she's yes, she's there to to study and she takes life seriously, but she's also there to have a good time with Pansy and Mm -hmm. I got so I got so invested in that there's a scene with them Pansy says are we going to have to fight over this and Minerva replies we could do that and you could struggle for a a wee while and then you could give in and Pansy just says we did that yesterday I just (laughs) buy into that relationship so (laughs) so much with that little that little snippet of dialogue these little details whoever mm-hmm. this author is has such an ability to tap into the character that i honestly they could they could sell me a ship that i would think was toxic
2: before yes well this one is yeah. let's be real this is the Tamari to is toxic and they're doing this like <laughs>
0: yes yeah.
2: Oh, oh, so his, this is good. Okay. I love that Tom somehow in some way is like, is this Draco guy your lover? You know, like we're just like, and Harry's like, no, no way, duh. Well, because of course he'd be oblivious to his being gay until figuring it out with Tom. But he's like, no, never. But, and we're just as readers being like, uh-huh, Harry. Okay. Yeah, never. Right. Okay. Like, (laughs) So I just thought that was really funny to bring Draco into it because it's always what we think is supposed to happen with Harry when he's gay. And it just to see Tom starting to to get and feel and want to keep Harry to himself and Harry starting to actually enjoy spending time with him. Like, yeah. he even is, you get that internal, like, monologue of, gosh, like, I actually look forward to, like, going to classes and in between classes and we sit together at lunch and we do all these things together, especially because Pansy is with Minerva, Tom and Minerva are friends, so it's just, like, a natural thing to have this quad together.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Which
2: makes it really convenient for all of this to happen. Not just like Harry trying to get in with Tom. It's essentially like the two of them fall into it. Like, they're literally given what they need. And I love the part where, you know, obviously Tom is starting to show emotion. He's starting to smile and laugh and being someone different. And they have, what is it, a snowball fight. And they're out and they have their snowball fight. And he is just laughing and having an amazing time. They are all just going nuts and just like shoving snow in each other's faces and down shirts and it's just absolute chaos and harry has his panic attack moment of being like oh shit I love him yeah, and he is the ultimate worst wizard who killed my parents and all these friends and, and he just gets overtaken by the, these emotions and runs away and of course Tom's like thinking that things are getting better between them and, and that he's starting to trust him because it was rocky from the beginning and for Harry to run away ultimately I'm like oh my god Tom he thinks he's done something wrong something's gonna go bad because like all of a sudden he Harry was was helping him move forward and and then harry has this moment and realizes "Shit, this was stupid what am i doing this is stupid i need to find him and he's gone and we yeah. find him covered in blood coming from the forbidden forest yes he was trying to find answers about the future from the from the centaurs and something that gets gets me which which is completely 100% what you would expect but also hurts but it's because it's legit when harry's like what did you do yeah and tom's like what what do you mean what did i do i went to the centaurs and they attacked me like what would you think i did like harry sees him yeah. covered in blood thinking he like went and killed somebody but we would think the same
0: thing Absolutely. Because, you know, it takes, I love when a writer can take our preconceived notions of what we expect from a character and just use those to sort of mess with us and then go, oh no, actually, it's this thing. Because, you know, by the same token of him being, you know, attacked by the centaurs while he's looking for answers, they then have this really tender moment where it's like, oh, you do care about me. You know, Mm -hmm. Tom says that to Harry and... You would expect that revelation to happen the other way round. Right. You would expect Harry to be like, oh, he actually has feelings for me. But the right. first, the, I think the first inclination that we get of a verbal acknowledgement from a character of love between them is Tom to Harry which is Mm -hmm. just fantastic
2: oh god oh in the moment when harry destroys the crystal ball
0: yes when he
2: like it's that moment before he goes and finds him and he talks to pansy or minerva and he's and he's like i he didn't even tell her he did it yet he's like are you gonna leave and she's like no i my family and friends and everyone is down a path that i don't want to i don't fit there anymore I'm going to stay here with Minerva. And Harrys, yeah. and she asked him, she's like, do you want to go back? Because if you do, I will help you. And he's like, no, I don't. He's everything. Yeah. And I need to go find him. Like, I just, yeah. like, And it's like, well, little do you know, the crystal ball is already, like, do- gone. Yeah. I already destroyed yeah. it.
0: So. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know if they could have used, like, any crystal ball, but symbolically yeah. it's I'm so... Sh-
2: right, 100%. Yeah. it's it, yes. like...
0: It's symbolically, it's so important. And in that moment, I did sort of feel a little pang of regret that, you know, that he's just sort of abandoning Ron and Hermione to yeah. their fates. But then when it, when it explains in the story that because he was never there, it's like they never knew him. So it's right. not like they're missing anybody. And right. so the only person that really loses out in all of this is Harry. Yeah. Which Harry is used to bearing burdens like that by himself anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's yeah. burden light time. So I, I sort of feel like he made the right choice because yes. he's choosing to be with his, you know, his one true love, <laughs> you yes. know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it makes sense in, in the context they're, of the story.
2: They're like learning how to love together. I mean, when you think about it, they are just, they are learning themselves together and they have all this common ground. And it's just, oh, it's so, I just love them. And I love Tom. I'm just like, yes, Harry, my God, he's amazing. (laughs) And just seeing his struggle, like you had mentioned the, when Harry asks him to save the muggle or like Harry is... going to go. And Tom's like so mad that Harry did this for someone that he thinks didn't deserve to be saved. It starts that narrative of Harry being like, he's like promise me you'll never put your life at risk again. And Harry's like, no, I will never promise you that because I will always fight for people who need me. And it just totally twists things because of course at that time, Tom sees him as something that's important to him that he covets and he wants to possess Yes. and he hates he hates the fact that harry being in danger made him feel something he had never felt before
0: exactly Exactly. and
2: okay and i and the whole spanking thing i was all about that <laughs> i was so ready for that as soon as that happened i am so disappointed it only happened once i am so disappointed that eventually they got super coddly and cute and whatever and i was like where'd the spanking go i yeah. mean goodness
0: <laughs> I know. I know. This I know. is the it...
2: foundation of the relationship.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, it got very fluffy very quickly. It um, did. And, it did. And, and you know, I can I I do buy it on on one level, but at the same time just from the author's point of view, how do yeah. you write about spanking more than once without seeming repetitive? I know. <laughs> repetitive. <laughs> yeah. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's just that, oh gosh, yeah, that was so, ooh, my cheeks are red just thinking. <laughs> about it. Oh gosh, that was so good. He was so mad. He was just like, because yeah. he had joked about that before. He was like, oh, I would, you know, like, there would be a way to like punish someone who for something. And then Harry, it just kind of accepts it. Like, it's just yeah. funny. He's just like, okay, this is yeah, happening and I'm actually into it.
0: <laughs> yeah because he even says there's a line later in that scene where Tom asks him he's like so why did you let me spank you if you didn't feel you did anything wrong and Harry's just like yeah because I was into it
2: (laughs) Right? exactly well I mean you know it's like made you feel better and made me feel really good yeah And of course, the convenience of, which I think is hilarious, and I'm curious if Minerva has her own room too, but when later on, Dippet is like, oh, four or five weeks in, yes, Tom, we want you to be a prefect. And and then Slughorn's like, hey, since you're a prefect, you get your own private bedroom. I mean, what? So then, of course, you're like, oh, shoot, shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah they even though oh my gosh this is so sweet so wholesome because you would think that like as things progressed that all of a sudden i mean eventually harry they stay in there together but when the relationship isn't there yet tom refuses to sleep there he wants Mm -hmm. to sleep in the dorms with harry because he wants to be close to harry and i just think that is so sweet he's like yeah i'm not gonna stay here like i want to be with you and it's just like i'm just crying i'm just crying over here no big deal
0: it's so atypical of a character like tom to do something that is not self-serving and that well it, well i suppose it is self-serving in a way yeah. because it's it's motivated by his his love of harry but also he's taking harry's own feelings into consideration as well so it's not it isn't totally selfish right um i don't really know where i'm going with this <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, no, I totally I yeah, I completely understand that for sure. Because he doesn't and he's not a I don't know if he's aware. Like why? I just I want to know. I'm sure if I reread it, like I would be able to see the moment that things change for Tom, like go from like the just wanting being interested and curious about Harry and wanting to be around him because of whatever reasons and then realizing i want to be around him because i care for him and i want to be different for him oh gosh and the moment that harry is like i need to come clean and i want you to watch my memories and of course i can't do that like i can't i would never do that to you and even harry's like why wouldn't why haven't you done that he's like i couldn't i wouldn't do that if you didn't give me permission i wouldn't and of course harry's like it, it covers what we talked about last time about the legitimate ocklemens situation. The fact that Tom was respectful of Harry this entire time to not yeah. look in his mind when he could have. He's like, no, I never would have done that to you without permission. And when Harry gives it, he's like shocked. And when he does see it and it just overwhelms him and reaches a point that he's like, I can't see anymore, and here is a wand. You have every right to kill me right now. And Harry's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. Keep watching because you will see the point that like what I feel about you changes completely. And then they're both crying because Tom's like, you really do love me, and it's just so beautiful. And it's just and meanwhile Minerva's just hearing things. Like, she can't see it because she doesn't have the legitimacy. So she's just She's just striding back and forth in front of Pansy like, no, this isn't real. No, 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 this is not a thing. And, uh, oh, oh, God, oh, God. And so now we're getting into so of course they have this moment they realize that they you know love each other and so then they you know fall asleep in each other's arms and it's all wholesome and they wake up and Tom's like it wasn't I can't believe you're still here with me after everything that happened and Harry's like it's fine I forgive you you're not that person like you're different and so then they have that you know the shower scene when Minerva and Pansy are freaking out because they have not seen them in over 24 hours so they think that either Tom or Harry they've either killed each other because of what has been discussed and they come flying in and they just see the two of them butt naked and they're just like ah ah, ah." (laughs) (laughs) just like everyone's just like ah just having this freak out moment and it's just like and pansy i think it was pansy that was like well obviously they're okay like (laughs) obviously they're not dead like they're not fighting so (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it, that moments like that are so tricky to write well because mm-hmm. they're so uh, like I, I was saying before, it's so easy to have that just be this slapstick throwaway moment, but in the con within the context of everything mm-hmm. that they've been through, it just popped all the tension. Like it was just yeah. such a, it was such a burst of relief, yeah. and. And then, you know, and then by the same token, you know, they have... Uh, they get set up to do this ball at the at New Year, and, <gasps> ah, of, yes. and of and of course Tom and Minerva are somehow like really good at, at ballroom dancing, mm-hmm. and they uh, you know when they they set that whole thing up and Harry has two left feet, which I also really believe, but it, but Tom's like, oh no, don't worry, we'll we'll teach you how to dance before this ball happens, and I I'm gonna have my my nerdy tango moment right now because Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. i i just love i i love the tango so i happen to know that when that when harry is talking about the tango, and he's describing it as legs wrapping around each other and, you know, and bodies bending in impossible positions. Yes. What he's what he's actually describing is not a ballroom tango. That's an Argentine tango. And the reason that fits so perfectly in the story is that the Argentine tango was originally conceived of as a dance between two men. And I just, I, I love the attention to detail. I feel like the author was looking for ways to anchor the story in the 1940s and of Mm -hmm. course we we have that moment where they go to Muggle London and they end up in the Blitz and you know uh, Tom Tom saves Mm -hmm. the child so we have this very real you know wartime stuff going on at the same time Mm -hmm. Um, but then to counterbalance that you get the sort of the light relief with all the dancing Um, And I feel like it was so well done that all of these elements somehow combined together to give you a story that isn't, it isn't total fluff and it isn't complete angst, but it's somehow a great blending of both of those things.
2: Hardcore flanks. Yeah, for sure. (laughs)
0: Honestly, I think one of my favourite sentences in the whole thing was, The tango Harry decided had been invented by a sadistic, lecherous contortionist who enjoyed watching people <laughs> expire from sheer sexual tension. I <laughs> love that so much!
2: It's so, so good. good! Okay, I have a question
0: though. Yeah? Yeah.
2: So, the the butt plug is described as, like, squishy, like, foamy. Yeah. Do they have anything foamy in the 40s? I, mm, Like, spongy? I, <laughs> like,
0: I don't know. I don't know if that's...
2: Not that wizards can't, but I was just, every time it was described as something, like, foamy, squishy, like, it was, yeah. it was like yeah. foam. And I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. No well no but yeah.
0: no but maybe it was just magically enhanced. Yeah,
2: to magically t- squishy. Yeah. A little bit nicer. Like he was like, okay, I'm not gonna go full ham, I'll just I'll do something a little bit
0: <laughs> more flexible. What was what was the line so the butt plug was like Loosening on every twirl and then, Mm -hmm. like, sinking back deeper with every lunge or something.
2: Yeah, something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: I wish that was so good. Like, even the smut was described beautifully.
2: Oh, and then, of course, initially, when they were going to go to the dance, like as couples pet style, either like Pansy and Tom or, you know, they were going to all four go together and people were going to assume that, okay, they're all each other's dates. And ultimately they're like, you know what? no yeah. we it is time for things to change in the 40s for us to show up in there and and so yeah that was the moment that dumbledore was like you know i misjudged you that they were able to come out and be themselves whereas from what we know to be dumbledore is also gay yeah. and And but probably was never able to share that with anybody. And to for him to see that in a in the younger generation, I'm sure moved him to the extreme. Oh,
0: absolutely.
2: Oh, and going back to the talking about the Avery bit. So, of course, Avery sees Harry like, of course, Harry, like, what are you doing opening the door to Tom's room? Yeah, talking to the talking to the snake with the door open and Avery is just down the hall like, what the heck is Harry doing at Tom, in yeah. Tom's rooms? It's like, Avery, you've seen them together all day, every day, everywhere. Like, what are you? Like, obviously Harry's there. But then he confronts Tom and Tom realizes that Avery knows who Avery is and assumes that he might do something rash and asks oh gosh what's what's the snake's name
0: oh thoth
2: and asks thoth to like hide with harry to essentially look out for him so if something happens would go find tom and avery of course kidnaps harry and of course is trying to imperious him and of course he uses polyjuice potion to try and convince him that he is tom but then he knows from the beginning he's like you're acting weird as heck. Like this is, you're just, this is, you're holding my hand really tight. You're just like really prickly. I don't know what it is and was able to figure it out relatively quickly. And that whole thing. And I thought it was brilliant that they thought that, what was it? that he was the one who tried to open the Chamber of Secrets and he went to Azkaban. And it was like all the narrative of things that did happen down the line, it was like different people were put into those roles. So Avery getting sent away for what would have been Tom's thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was, oh yeah, when he's like, can you read this to help me get into the Chamber of Secrets? I'm like, oh gosh, I was waiting for when the Chamber of Secrets would come into this. I just thought that was really cool to make a different character the villain that fits into what would have been assumed tom's narrative for this point in the oh, story
0: absolutely i mean avery gives me a massive lucius malfoy energy i don't know if you, <laughs> if, you, if you got any of that when you were reading but i sort of feel like he avery is the guy in this story who who is the the jaded lieutenant? Who is mm-hmm. then left to pick up the slack when the you know when the leader goes awry and yep. decides that he's going to be Machiavelli and do all these things by himself? And he he gets really you know he takes the the mantle upon himself. And ultimately falls short because he just doesn't have what it takes. And yeah. it, it, it's really interesting to see what might have happened had Voldemort not chosen that path. All the all these things. I think it even says in the text. At, at, one point where it's like harry was slightly caught off guard by how eerily familiar even though they're different they're all really familiar like Mm -hmm. myrtle being attacked by aragog
2: yes instead of and that was interesting too the meeting of hagrid and actually seeing how things are with him. And we can understand like, yeah, he should have been expelled and he was again. And, but for a different reason and yeah. And then gifting one of the spiders to Minerva. Oh good Lord, what was he thinking?
0: It, it's a classic case of someone giving a gift they would love for themselves right. to someone else to show yes. that love, which I thought mm-hmm. was, in a, for Hagrid, that was really sweet, but it's also yes. amazingly dangerous. Yeah, he's
2: like, oh, I can get you another one. She's like, nah, I'm good. I am so yeah. good. You have no idea how good I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and talking about gifts when the girls take Bertel dress shopping. Yes. Oh, it's just so precious, especially when they removed the tag to show that, oh, it's the same price as this other one that you could afford just so that they could pool in their money to help her get the dress that she deserves and become the princess that she, I just, having Myrtle have her like happily ever after moment with this super handsome Hufflepuff guy. And at first I was worried. I was worried that it would be a joke. Like you would, yeah, you would anticipate too. that. Oh, this hot guy's like, yeah, I've been watching you. I really want to take you to the ball, and then I could see her showing up all excited, and then he just doesn't come or ignores her or something. Yeah, because that happens, and you're just like, oh god, that'd be terrible. But she, but it didn't. Like, they're together. Like, they're a couple. Minerva and Pansy are a couple. Tom and Harry are a couple. They're like this trio of pairs. And it's just, it's so wonderful. I just, I love that Myrtle came into the story and had such an important role in everything.
0: And I love that we see a contrast from the kind of Harry that we saw in book five, where as Mm -hmm. the world falls apart around him, everything else falls apart with it, you know, and everyone else's trust and faith in him is, doesn't waver, but his faith in himself does. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel like going and putting him in the middle of this really wholesome group of people that are ultimately just there to care about each other mm-hmm. is new for Harry. You know, it's new for him to have that much I mean, obviously he's had it from Ron and Hermione, but not as intensely as this. And so it's really interesting as a reader to be able to put Harry into a situation where he can actually just be happy and let go. And there are no caveats. But I also like that the author took liberties with the world when they needed to as well. They were like, okay, I need a change of location and I need to justify it. So I'm going to say that instead of going to Hogsmeade to get presents, we're going to go to mm-hmm. Muggle Edinburgh at Christmas because it's what Minerva always did with her family. Um, yeah. And I love, I love moments like that where... We're not just seeing Hogwarts. We're not just seeing Hogsmeade. It's not just Mm -hmm. the same places that we've seen over and over again. In fact, there's a moment where... Tom has like an intimate moment with Harry in one of the old chandleries in the castle. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Like using the already well-established canonically viable thing of Tom going off and finding all of Hogwarts's secrets. But yes. then having him share that with Harry, just, mm-hmm. this author got so much spot on.
2: I know, cause that, and that shows like how it's for him to trust Harry with that. I mean, it's just like, ding, ding, ding. Like, the Tom we know would not give up any of his secrets to anybody. Not even his closest follower. So it's like, that was just giving a complete gift of 100% trust. Oh, a quick... Whoop! Like, here we go. Time travel back into the story. The moment that, of course, Tom finds out about Avery taking Harry and yes. he has like sees Red, and Harry knows that he is about to potentially kill him. And Harry's like, no. You are not this person. I don't want you to ever become this person. You have to leave this. Like it it doesn't matter. You cannot yeah. become a killer and he makes the choice. He's like I will never I will whatever you need, whatever you want, I will I'll never kill anybody and it's just such a such an important and beautiful moment for him to just be like it obviously if he was going to kill that moment would have been it. Like that way he yeah. would have killed him. Oh, like that yeah. would have happened. So that was that was big.
0: But isn't that the moment as well where his scar completely disappears?
2: <gasps> yes! Okay, that bit too! It's slowly going away. So I was worried. I was worried as the scar went away. I- and he- Harry got sick. Like, he kept getting sick. And yeah. then it was slowly going away. I was afraid that that meant that Harry would like didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. When you change the future enough that then... If it is going to be – if you're not doing a parallel universe and it's your timeline – if he doesn't exist does that mean that even though he did and he's physically there now obviously in this story he remains but he could have disappeared and he, i was like is is he literally disappearing like is he in the process of just going yeah. like poof because it it doesn't happen but that that being a, a strong symbol throughout the whole thing as proof of Tom's change was Awesome. Yeah. That was spot on. And and then the curiosity Tom had with it and he's like don't look into it. Don't do it. Don't don't look into it. And he's like your your scar's gone. And that's when Harry realizes that it's been done and then their beautiful future begins and it's just oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Although I do slightly worry that with the scar being gone, does that mean that Tom isn't able to give Harry the same levels of pleasure he'd been having up until
2: that point. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, that was hilarious. I loved that. He's like, I was used to feeling pain, but then it was like, and then he used it to his advantage because, of course, this is when he didn't necessarily love Harry, but he was trying to, like, seduce him because he wanted, he just wanted him. He essentially wanted him. And when he found out that, if he touched it, he did that. He was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a corner you at every opportunity and touch your forehead yeah. and you are just going to melt under my fingertips. Oh, it, and we- that was, yeah, that was amazing and hilarious. <laughs>
0: I love that entire scene in the trophy room when Harry yes. is so confused and aroused and, and like, <laughs> yes. ev- everything is happening yes. all at once. And he's like, I don't know what to do with all of the feelings yes. exploding in me right now. I know. Oh, and it's...
2: even Tom's like, do you want me to stop? And Harry's like, no, not really. <laughs> 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 do you want me to stop? like, no, no. But then as things get close, he's like, we should finish with the thing. Like, Harry's Harry's segues were always really good. (laughs) I mean, they were really abrupt and awkward, but he was just like, uh, uh," and he just, like, would kind of cut, you know, like, out of it to get around it. And Tom's like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. So it just, when it ultimately, when Harry gives in and it
1: (laughs) just...
2: Oh, it's just so good. I just, my heart hurts thinking about all of this all over again for everybody. It was just so good. The story was amazing. I will have to reread it again so that I can absorb more than I was probably able to in the first pass through. And the, the attention to detail, the characterizations... Um, the way the plot was driven, what it took from canon, and then, of course, what was completely just in the brain of the author and what yeah. they were able to to create, which in our head, we're like, yes, it should have been that way. That's yeah. obvious. But, I, you know, they thought of it first, and that's amazing. And it's just... So good, loved it, loved uh, it. Baj- yeah, bajillion out of ten, bajillion out of ten. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: easily, easily. I mean, I when I saw that it was thirty-one chapters long, I was like, I'm gonna have real trouble getting it. Like, yes. I was, I was gonna have like real trouble getting invested in the pairing to start with, and then yep. I was like, and it's thirty-one chapters, and I can't believe I'm gonna have to read like over seventy thousand words. But, <laughs> but that was. Such a a worthwhile journey to go on. Like it was, Mm -hmm. you know, with a minor caveat of the underage thing, setting that aside completely. I just think the story is so worth it. Like read it, read it for the characters. Read it for their development. Read it for the emotional intensity. It's it's just, it's so... it's one of those stories <laughs> that it g- it gives you the catharsis that you didn't know you needed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It le- <sighs> it lets you let out a breath you didn't know you were holding.
2: 100%. Oh my gosh. The, the biggest breath that I did not know I was holding was released at the end of that fic. Because <laughs> it's true. That whole time I'm just like, <gasps> like I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was just... I mean, we read the summary. I was like, hey, let's give this one a try. We'll see how it is. I read the first chapter or so, yeah. gave you a little feedback, and you were into it, and it only got better. And yeah. I am just so this was just such an amazing find. It was just it was pure gold. And I yes, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I'm and I'm really disappointed, but it is what it is. That this is we're moving on from Tamari after this because i just oh i love this ship so much and i'm so excited to keep enjoying it for sure 100
0: and you know i i was fully prepared to to loathe the ship completely i was like i'm gonna struggle to find anything that i like about this yes it just strikes me as ridiculous and Mm -hmm. uh and like it 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 occurs to me that it still does strike me as ridiculous if I think about the book characters. But with so many of these characters, like if you take their fan fiction versions, they are... Infinitely superior. Um, yes. This is now how I feel about this ship as well.
2: Well, so, so now that we bring Tamari to, to a close, our next ship we're getting into Fem Slash, and our first one I'm really excited about because this is canon. Let's be real, this is canon. Yeah, we're going is. Linny.
0: Yes, so we are. Luna,
2: Luna Slash Ginny. So this is why Harry ships every other dude because. <laughs> Because Jimmy and Luna are meant to be together.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm already on board before we even start hunting for Fix. I I
2: know. Oh Um, my gosh.
0: Oh Lenny, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey Hey Lenny. Lenny. Hey Hey Lenny Lenny.
2: definitely shoot us a tweet of your favorite linny fanfics or fan art or reasons why you ship them uh we're really excited to hear your point of view and or send us an email with your your favorite like head cannons things like that so we're really excited to get going on these two beautiful characters and why they work together and why they're perfect and it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful i'm so excited
0: I could not be happier. Like, I'm sort of sorry to put this ship to bed, but I know yes. I know that there are going to be so many more great ones. So yes. as sad as I am that yes. we're not talking about this one anymore, yes. I'm like, what else are we going to discover?
2: I know. I know, exactly. Like you said, at the beginning of this, we both were like, how? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. We'll see. We'll get through this. And we're just like, we are... Losing our minds. We have just lost our minds. (laughs) Yeah. So good. But (laughs) anyway, so that is enough to marry, but it's never enough to marry. But we are so excited to get into Linny, and we look forward to talking at you
1: about all that business next time. While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening. Welcome to PuffCast, your bi-weekly Harry Potter podcast run by puffs.
2: I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Do you like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts? Oh yes. Oh good! Are you looking for a fun, stress-free place to just have a good conversation, play some silly games and hear for some great guests? Yes, please tell me more! Oh boy, well then this podcast is for you! We would like to invite you to join our happy common room. Get comfy, have some pizza, make new friends and be part of the conversation. All houses are welcome! You can find PuffCast every other Wednesday on all platforms where podcasts are found. So we'll see you in the common room. And until then, stay puffy. And badger on.